When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to a Real Bucks Talk podcast. This is Michael Plus, joined by Mark Ramirez. As always, we are recording on a good Saturday night evening, and uh, glad to be back. Uh, Mark, how are we doing tonight? It's Saturday night. Yes. So, <laughs> it's fun to do it on Saturday night, right? Uh, yeah. 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 We uh, we had busy days, and then I was like, you know what? Plus, let's do a podcast. Why? Because we have a podcast, and we can do one, mm-hmm. and it's fun to talk Bucks football and. We back. We are back, and we got a lot of topics to discuss tonight. Uh, more draft talk as we get. We are in the month of April. We're only three weeks out till the NFL draft, which is pretty crazy. Um, so a lot of things we're going to be discussing draft and uh, some press conferences and stuff like that, just dissecting it. And, uh, again, I will repeat, no Devin White at five, but we'll get into that later. So, uh He's aggressive with that Devin White, not uh, a five. <laughs> just, yeah, it blows my mind. But uh, Let, Let's talk about the guys that are on the team right now first. Yeah, let's do that. Let's yeah, so first off, Shaq Barrett, he talked press conference. I know this is days ago, but still we haven't talked about it. So right. he he went in, obviously, you guys, if you don't know, 3-4 outside linebacker. Obviously, we're going 3-4, rush end, um, about 6-2, 250, 260. That's going to be the prototype of their rush outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. So that's why Jason Light said um, Noah Spence has a new, what is it, new light in this one or a new, yeah. new life in this one. Yeah, absolutely. In this defense. So he's going to fit that type of role. And Bruce Arian said he likes him. He's, he's got a wiggle to his game, right? A slippery. Yeah, yeah. And he likes him on third downs and special teams. Um, this is Shaq Barrett talking about the 3-4 defense or what he thinks about it. I love the 3-4. I've been 3-4 pretty much my whole career, except like one year in college. So I've been comfortable with it for a long time. And then just having like the pass rushers who can also play the run game and who can also cover on the edge to like set the edge of the defense, it just gives us so much more stuff that we could do in the inside with blitzes and with safeties coming down and everything. It's just I just love this game a lot. And Coach Bowles, I Talked to him a couple of times. He showed me some of the stuff that he been working on and drawing up when I did the visit, and it's going to it's going to be some fun. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. Right. So, outside linebackers are going to be rush linebackers. They're yeah. going to be able to cover yet blitzing as well. And as he said, safeties will be able to come back down. Linebackers will be able to blitz. So, mm-hmm. this is playing against what you're wa- not wanting. <laughs> I know. So, because a lot of the things, if you're looking at what they're saying is the middle linebackers are going to be able to blitz. I even 
was looking back, Bruce Aarons is saying, okay, he wants Levante David to start blitzing more. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, you're hearing a lot of linebacker blitzes. That's what Devin White is really good at. But that's we'll talk more about it later. But mm-hmm. that's pretty, pretty much, to me, those outside guys are going to be able to do a lot more things so that the middle of the defense can be that much more crazy, just mm-hmm. throw it at you kind of thing. Yeah. And let the more athletic, faster safeties come back in the box and cover those guys that – are being left open because the middle linebackers are going in for a blitz, right? Mm-hmm. Do you not see that, or no, no, I no, I see that. And I I agree with what you're saying. I mean, there's going to be a lot of exotic looks. Um, I remember we were talking about it. How you know the Jets' defense of last year, they did a lot of exotic uh, things as far as like two uh, D linemen, and then they'll have like four linebackers in at a time. Uh, you know, more. Um, let's see, would it be five DBs? You know, a lot of a lot of different looks for safeties on the field at one time. Um, so, yeah, I can see that where, yeah, the middle of the defense is definitely going to be a, a priority and, like, being able to disrupt because pressure up the middle is is the way to go these days because you have to be so quick onto the quarterback. Um, can't give them that time where, you know, they can just sit back there and dissect you. So, and then as far as the edge guys, I can see that where they would be able to drop back or, you know, come off the edge. Uh, so it's really about having those guys out on the outside that can do multiple things that your defense can, you know, in the middle can prosper. Yeah, I mean, to what he's saying, the per- picture-perfect guy that would be there, to, I know we've been crying about it, is Josh Allen. Like mm-hmm. He fits our system. Yeah, for sure. But I would think three, four outside linebacker that can rush and cover guys. Yeah. That'd be a perfect match. But, again, he probably won't be there if he is. I think it's an easy pick. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, who falls to us? Right. And the way they're talking 3-4, it literally sounds like craziness. Right? Mm-hmm. right? Blitzing, different formations where you think it's going to be a blitz. Yeah, like you were saying that I was watching the Jess Stevens from last year, and you're like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to see things where we've never seen. Usually we stayed in our base 4-3. Right. You'd see JPP, McCoy, Vea, Nassib. Literally every every down. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they throw one guy in just to give someone a break. But it's so different. Mm-hmm. And I think fans are going to be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Like at 3-4 doesn't always mean there's going to be three down linemen. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's, there was some times where there's two big guys and then just a bunch of athletic guys around them. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you can see – Yeah. sorry to cut you off. But yeah, you, right. can, you can see like their goal is definitely to get faster – um, you know, a lot more athletic types, a lot more speed on the field. That just goes into, you know, their signings so far. I mean, Shaq Barrett, he's a perfect example, a guy that really hasn't got the opportunity to um, really show what he can do full time. Um, and, you know, his production as a part-time player, playing again, playing behind Von Miller and Bradley Chubb uh, has been really good. Um, and now he's going to get probably a bigger role where he can be really that, not just a third down specialist, which he probably will be to maybe start, but he's going to get a lot more expanded role where he's being asked to cover and maybe cover some tight ends, some running backs possibly, and, and really be that versatile type playmaker and even Noah Spence as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. And then, he, you know, we talked about JPP playing over inside more. I think we can see that. So there's going to be a lot of variations of where they go. Um, and, you know, getting a Shaq Barrett, I think, is going to help that. Yeah, and it's funny how you're saying covering running backs out of the backfield and covering yeah. tight ends and stuff like that. So 
the linebackers are going to be asked to do that. Mm-hmm. Last last year, our linebackers looked like shit doing that. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. But this is funny. They asked Barrett about it because mm-hmm. we have McCaffrey. We have Kamara. We have two of the nastiest running backs in our division that can really eat you up as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Check out his response. Jack, how, how often, besides the pass rush, would you be uh, you know, tasked with this responsibility? you got Kamara coming out on, on the right side, and McCaffrey's coming out on the right side. That's a heavy burden. Yeah, it, yeah it's always hard, but you just got to rely on your technique schemes, and then you got to uh, get all your keys you can pre-play and just film studies. You know what guys doing in certain alignments and certain positions, so you just got to trust in yourself, don't. Make them out to be Superman. Just the normal people. Just let me normal people. Just trust your scheme and technique. And yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's absolutely right. And and that's what's mind-boggling to me of the you know the past regime past regime that we had. Uh, you know, pretty much the first play all the time for the Saints every week is a pass to Kamara. It's 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 like mind-blowing that teams don't stop it because it's on film every week. Uh, there's so many uh, alignments and like, you know, like Barry was saying, you know, formations that pretty much give away the obvious play. I mean, how many times do we see Kamara or McCaffrey come out of the backfield on a third and short and, you know, you know where the ball is going, but I mean, they still win. Like it's just a little angle route over the middle or they do a, a fake inside and then go to the outside. It's like, uh, you know, very common, but that's what makes them so good. I mean, that's why they win, but to Barrett's point, I like how he responded to that. It's like, hey, we have preparation that we need to do, and hopefully, you know, he can spread that to other guys in the locker room and be like, hey, we need to be on same page all the time. Yeah, I liked how he said these guys aren't Superman. Right. You play to the keys of your defense. Mm-hmm. You read you read what's going on first before the play's even snapped. Right. And you know where you're supposed to be. So if you know where you're supposed to be in this defense, no one's going to beat you. Right. If you're where, where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be, they're they're not going to beat it. Mm-hmm. It's a whole defense working together, so one guy can't beat you. Right, and it's so simple to that fact. And like it's like the last defense just put everything on certain guys, mm-hmm. and everyone wanted to point a finger. Guess what? A defense is supposed to work together to to stop someone. Mm-hmm. That's what these great defenses do. They all work together, and there's no missing gaps. There's no holes that need to be filled. They're already filled. Right. We didn't have that. It was just gaping holes like you said they're just the saints literally just read okay the the bucks defense always leaves this gap open there's mm-hmm. always going to be a, a missing hole because they're relying on a guy being there but the communication's not there mm-hmm. there needs to be that communication so our defense can succeed yeah. and it's it's that simple and i hope like a veteran like barrett saying things like that and Deion buchanan who knows this defense can start spreading all this communication being like, okay, this is what we got to do mm-hmm. to win. JPP already started it last year. I'm hoping right. it just keeps going, right? Yeah, for sure. And this is another funny thing that Barrett said about the Bucks' personnel as opposed to their coaching staff. What I, what I thought was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Like the team, they always had the, the players, the, the talent – and now we got the coach now, so everything going to be going good. And the scheme, three four. I, I love the three four. So I'm, I'm, I think everything is just lining up, and we ready. Uh, we just got to take advantage of it. <laughs> we, they, they always had the players. Oh, now yeah. we got the coach. Yeah. So that's funny. That's something we we're always talking about. The, the coaching wasn't there, and yeah. now he's confident that they got the coach and the scheme. Now all the 
stars lining up just like Bruce Arians said, right? Yeah, no, that's perfectly said. I mean, now it's up to the players to, you know, back that up, you know, because there is no more excuses for this franchise. I mean, this is it. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. (laughs) There is none. All right, then, so one other press conference, VH3 is back from injury. I love this press conference. Right, so (laughs) so let's first hear him talking about how he did in Mike Smith's defense, how he was as a corner in that, and you can hear him talk about how he knows he wasn't the best, but it's because it wasn't what he was familiar with. Mm-hmm. Let's hear what he had to say. That type of transition. It's difficult. It's difficult. More difficult than I thought. Um, you know, when I got drafted and I came in and I saw the defense and I saw, you know, how Coach Smith wanted to do things, and so I didn't really think too much of it. You know, I was just like, all right, I'm going to go play corner. Until you actually go out there and you try to cover guys in a way that, you know, you're not really all that used to. You know, I'm not an off corner. I'm a press corner. I need to get up in your face. That's just, you know, that's just what it is. And um, it was a little adjustment period for me, obviously. You know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. But, um, you know, it needed to be better. But it just didn't really fit what I did best. Yeah. I mean, guess what? This defense is totally different, and that's why he's really happy about it. Mm -hmm. But it's true. How many times did we talk about it? Every fan talked about it. Guys playing eight, nine yards back. Mm-hmm. And then you you hear different from coaches to players, them saying, oh, we we let them decide if they want to play that far back or not. Mm-hmm. And then you have players saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're supposed to call fall back. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. no, you need to, as a coach, tell these guys what they have to do so they can execute your plan. They, they, you shouldn't give that much of a leeway. No. It should be either take this route or stick on this guy. It's That's it. It shouldn't be, oh, play eight, nine yards back, and we'll see what happens. Right. I mean, there was so, there was so much going on last year, and, and the, the responsibilities that they gave to the rookies, like MJ Stewart, I mean, that was just unfair. Like, I, I, we, um, our guest last, on last podcast, Chad Forbes, I mean, he talked about this, how there was so much responsibility put on these young guys, and they're just thinking way too much out there. And you, can, you could see – Everybody was late. And then, you know, back to VH3, I mean, if the guy can't do what you're asking him to do, like how do you expect him to be successful consistently when you saw him in college and all he was was press man corner, making plays, intercepting passes, uh, getting hands on balls, and and being that top pick that you selected him for, it it just it didn't make any sense. And all the, the BS that Mike Smith Mike Smith was throwing out there weekly to cover his own ass because he knew his scheme was terrible. Um, Outdated. Yeah, outdated. And it shows why he's retired now. Yeah, I mean, before I play this next clip, I mean, there was times in Florida when teams didn't even look towards Hargraves away. No. I mean, he was that good three years there. that They were like, okay, don't even go that way because Mm -hmm. he's going to disrupt the play. He's going to slow down the receiver. Like He shut down one side of the field. Right. And then he comes to the Bucks in this scheme where it's like, oh, play off. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have long speed. I mean, that was one thing even coming into the draft. He didn't hit yeah. four five five, I believe it was. For yeah. a smaller corner, that's wasn't, not the greatest. Wasn't I mean, very fast. Didn't have the best workout as far as combine. Yeah. And... He had quickness, but right. he didn't have long speed. Right. Like, everyone knew that. Even, yeah. uh, was it Calvin Ridley burned him mm-hmm. in Alabama a bunch of times. Yeah. But that's... That's not playing to a guy's strength. Obviously, he doesn't have it, so let him play where he's best at. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is him talking about the, the defense that he's going to be playing in. Your strength is a cornerback. <laughs> it's everything that I do. 
It's everything that I do well. It's kind of like taking me back to college. You know, it's that same scheme, blitz the quarterback, man to man on the outside, and let's get after it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, simplify, right? Yeah, and it's so easy. And you know, he's he's got the skill set to do that. And you know, I tell fans, you know, look at the 2017 game against Carolina when he actually played to his strengths. When he was on the left side, he played press man the whole game. Uh, pretty much shut down all the receivers that he went up against. I know it's Carolina's receiving core, and you have Cam Newton, who is inconsistent and not always the greatest, but still, it's a it's an NFL receiving core, and he didn't allow anything that day. Um, and then I think the very next week, um, you know, they take him away from that. They put um, Brent Grimes back at his spot, and now VH3 is, um, you know, playing nickel. He went to nickel. And, you know, again, he was allowed to play press man. That worked out for him. He did very good. So it's just – it's it's very easy, like you say, Mark, very simple. I mean, you play guys to their strengths and allow them to do what they do best. I mean, why let a guy go into a situation where he's not comfortable and you pretty much force him to play that way where he's shown signs when he was able to press and he's like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to go play press <laughs> and he can do his own thing. I mean, the guy made plays uh, and, and he caused interceptions. I mean, that's that's what you want. I mean, Hargraves, is, I'm hoping he can come back and be the player that we drafted him top. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what was it? Top, was he 11? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, he was at 9 we traded back. Yeah. Right. I was about to say top 10. But, I mean, <laughs> either way, that's a high pick for yeah. a corner. And for sure. He was that good in college. He showed flashes. Some people even wanted to call him a bust immediately. Mm. Damn it. I just I, I hope he does thrive in this new defense. A lot of people think he still won't be outside, even though Arians is saying, mm-hmm. oh, he's our cornerback outside. And to, to that credit, this is actually one of the questions in, we put out there. So mm-hmm. at, Sheriff, at Chef Aaron 26 said, is it best to steer away from DBs under six foot, especially in a division where the average height for a wide receiver is like six three? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you obviously want some length, you know, in your cornerbacks nowadays, just because there is a lot of height at receiver, um, especially with the new rules. I mean, you want some length back there uh, to, you know, be able to take away certain things and be able to have that recovery due to your length and, and be able to make plays on the football. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, there's still a lot of good corners that are under six foot in this league. Uh, and I think VH3 can definitely be one of those guys. Again, he's got a lot to prove. He's still got to be able to stay healthy. That's been his biggest thing uh, that has hurt him. Uh, and whether he's inside or outside, I don't think it really makes a difference. I think he can do both. Uh, but back to the question, you know, obviously you, you would like to get, you know, get guys that are six over six foot. You know, that have length, have speed, like a Carlton Davis, who's like 6'2", what is he, 208, you know, over 200 pounds. So, I I may agree with that. Mm. That'd be the prototype of what you want. I mean, everyone in the league is doing that. For sure. But I think we we went over this when we were talking with, uh, oh, it was the Seattle DBs coach that we were looking at to be. Oh, yeah, Chris 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 Richard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even he, when they were talking about, was it Bryce Jones or, Mm -hmm. no, is it Bryce Jones? Byron Jones. Byron Jones. Yeah. The corner, he's like, yeah, everyone wants everyone to be 6'2", 6'3", lanky. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, that's that's just a prototype that you want. Right. But the thing is, if there's keys where they know how to play this defense, press, really upset or aggravate a play or mm-hmm. disrupt a play, 
that's what you really want. I mean, guys like Teran Matthew, do you think they were like, oh, he's a prototype, 5'9", like what, a buck 90, if that? Yeah. Do you think he's a prototype for any defense? No. It just, But he's very quick twitch. He's very disruptive. Right. Knows where to be and aggressive. And he's going to make a play. And that's what you really want. I mean, mm-hmm. Hargraves, if he can get back to playing that college where he was aggressive, like he was saying, blitzing, mm-hmm. just man-to-man, knowing how to be like that. And like how you were saying with me earlier, DeAndre Baker. Yeah. He's not over six foot. Right. But he's a nasty-ass player. He's aggressive, in your face, but does not want you to get around him. Mm-hmm. He'll push you, pull you any way before you get around him. So I think it's more the mentality and the way you play as opposed to your length. Yeah, Greedy Williams has got mm-hmm. pretty much everything you want in a lanky outside corner. And, yeah. yeah, if he's matched up with Carlton Davis, that'd be a pretty nasty duo. Mm-hmm. And Hargraves, to me, would probably look better in the, in the slot, but – Hey, it's mm. it's what they really value the most, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. And then with that, there was one other question uh, from JT Olson mm-hmm. at Icewater Olson. Interested to hear your thoughts on Isaiah Johnson, the cornerback from Houston, one of the greatest athletes to ever test at the position. You knew more about this than I. Yeah, did. I mean, again, he's he's the prototypical corner that you're looking for. I mean. Like we were talking about the size thing. I mean, he's got long arms. He's he's tall, about almost six four, pretty much. Uh, again, former wide receiver, so this is probably why he's going to be drafted later, probably third round, fourth round. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he tested off the charts. Very elite uh, traits as far as speed, size. I mean, he's he's got all the intangibles that you want. Um, but when you look, when you watch on tape, it just seems like he's just a little bit slow as far as uh, to reacting to the play going on. Uh, but I mean, he's a guy that in a few years, probably down the road, he could be very good if coached up properly. Probably not a guy you want to start right away or lean on, um, but he could be a very good um, special teams player right away and a very good, you know, fourth, fifth corner, and then maybe down the line. Uh, you could be a potential starter. And that's what you want in the draft. You want guys that can be starters in this league. And then to the credit of people testing well, mm-hmm. okay, we've had this conversation plenty of times. Right. It doesn't matter if you test well. It does not. It matters what you're putting on on tape. So OB, oh, what's his name? Berlin Fall, what the hell is the safety out of UConn? Oh, yeah, yeah. can't remember his name. He tested like a monster. He mm-hmm. was like 6'4", 220, juiced up, just yeah. – Ob one, that's oh what yeah, Ob one. That's, that's what you can call him. <laughs> but everyone's like, "Oh God, he blew up the the damn combine, freak! Yeah. Look at him in a damn tight shirt. Who uh, gives a shit? Yeah. If you if you don't show it in tape, you don't you're not it. Like I, I remember having the conversation of who's better safety, him or uh, Buda Baker. Buda Baker. Yeah. I'm like, I'm taking Buda Baker all damn yeah, day. Yeah. I I, just, I would laugh. I'm like, are you shitting me? Baker was twice the safety. It's the reaction time, how quickly you read, how quickly you go to the play. Mm-hmm. Those things matter so much more to me than a, what a guy at times or what a guy runs right. in underwear. Yeah. It just blows my mind how someone can run a 4 4 or 4-3 and like, oh, they just rock it up a damn draft board. <laughs> it, it, I, I just, I get tired of talking about it, but it's the truth. I mean, yeah. we, so when we look at guys, when you guys talk about guys that you want us to look up, we don't just look up highlights. Mm-hmm. So those of you that literally look up Devin White or look up Ed Oliver or Rashawn Gary, Jonah Williams, any one of these top elite guys, mm-hmm. 
don't just look at their highlights where you hear awesome music in the background. They're slamming people with the bang of the music. Don't just look at that. Look at, go to put their name in, then put verses on YouTube. Mm. And literally watch these 10 minute videos of these guys, every rep. That's what you got to look at. If you really want to evaluate who you want on your team and things we do, like, I really want the best we can get Mm -hmm. at number five or if we trade down or what happens. So I want to see this guy everywhere. Is he trying hard, first of all? Is he reading the play, second of all? Is he going all out, pushing blocks out of the way? Is he manhandling the guy in front of him? Mm -hmm. If he's not, then I'm going to have to skip or I'm going to have question marks and I'm not going to rate him as highly. So before you all get all excited about numbers that you read about on the the Combine, which is a drama show, Mm Look at the guy. Judge for yourself. Is he worth it? Mm. And that, that's what we're, all we're doing. We're, I mean, to those that think we just hate Devin White, no, we don't. <laughs> I mean, there's. we're going to talk about it more because that's, that's all we're going to talk about up to the draft. Yeah. But it's just there's things, yeah, that he processing isn't there yet. And at number five as a middle linebacker, we just don't view it as that high. Like, I – the more I hear Bruce Arians talk and they got players talk about this three, four, I can see it happening mm-hmm. because guess what? They want middle linebackers and can blitz. Like, let me, let me bring up Bruce Arians again, talking about his middle linebackers and Levante David himself blitzing. Mm-hmm. Check this out. You know how much Levante has always been a stack backer, you know, let's see what he can do in a situation where we're rushing him more with his speed. Um, Dayon is a guy that can play safety. Will Stackbacker, Mike Linebacker. Um, same thing with the D line. You know, Golson put maybe a little more weight and do his natural thing. You know, uh, NASA stand up, get down. I mean, he's a cat we can put anywhere. JPP hasn't played over a guard much, but he's going to, and I think he's going to like it. So you hear all this stuff, and Levante David, use your speed to blitz. Right. So I heard that. I'm like, okay, this is playing into what everyone wants right now. I mean, Devin White, this is my case for him being a Buccaneer. What I see he does very, very well, he gets downhill immediately fast. Like, it, the snap of a finger, he's he's full speed. And, yeah, that plays to his 4-4 speed that he tested well in. But he knows how to bulldoze through linemen and get to the quarterback which to me that's his best attribute right now second to him just chasing damn guys down right. he's flat out nasty in pursuit yes but those two things he's really good at so if you're going to play him at a middle linebacker in this defense that just blitzes i can see it mm. to, to every buck fan that wants him there i can totally see it yeah and it's Writing on the wall right there. Bruce Herring saying, okay, well, uh, I want my middle linebackers a blitz. Levante David's going to be that. And mm-hmm. so to that credit, I can see him being used to that and being used very, very well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, his strengths definitely are that. I mean, he's very good at going north and south. And like Mark said, in pursuit, he knows what to do uh, as far as making up a lot of ground. I mean, he is a very gazelle-like type athlete where he just makes up ground like that like instant seconds but then again you know i think of that taking him at five to if that's their plan to just ask him to blitz and maybe cover you know a guy or two is that worth the fifth overall pick 
And to answer that, I say no, <laughs> especially when you can find a guy that is similar that can do the very same things if you just want to keep it that simple and have your middle linebacker play north and south and maybe even get a guy that has instincts of a linebacker and maybe can process faster and be even better if you're just asking him to blitz and cover. But that's just me. Okay. To answer that, Bruce Arians, what do you got to say to that? Aggressive in everything we do. You know, I don't like anything that reads and reacts. I want to be aggressive and attack in, in all faces. He doesn't want read or react. He wants aggressive. So, again, yeah. yeah. Devin White, aggressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, just if you tell him to go, go. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty much what you want this defense to be, and that's a, what do they call it, a controlled um, chaos. A controlled chaos. Yeah, for sure. Right? So Devin White could enforce that. Like you have to make quicker reads as a quarterback mm-hmm. because you got a guy breathing down your damn throat and he's about to kill you. Yeah. So I to these guys that really want him that bad – that is what he does very well. He can't get in, especially if Vita Vea is taking up two guys. There's going to be a gap where mm-hmm. Devin White's going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. He he may miss some tackles, but he's still going to disrupt a play. So I will agree with that. I still believe in, like you say, I want to have a smarter guy that can make the play before it's going to be made, mm-hmm. not let the play be made and then make the tackle after 15 yard gain. Right. Yeah, like I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm the being the realist hearing everyone talk about not fans but coaches what they're saying and how they're wanting players to be used and I can see Devin White being a fit in the defense. Yeah, for sure. I can see that too. And if if that's their plan, if that's what they feel and they think, okay, we're just gonna keep it simple for this guy until he gets that mental processing and, and maybe he learns that quicker from a Levante David being next to him. And you have Levante there just to, you know, point things out and, and he does the mental processing part, which he does very well. Uh, and you just use Devin White as that blitzer all the time and, and maybe have a match up on, you know, running backs to tight ends at, at various times because he can – uh, he has shown that he can go back into coverage pretty good. Uh, he does have good back, you know, backpedaling. Yeah, backpedaling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to use him that way, where he just has to go north and south and not worry about, you know, processing or or taking on multiple blockers, because we have guys up front that are going to do that, and he has free uh, lanes to roam through. Then yeah, I can see that where he can put up pretty good numbers and and really get after quarterback because he did have 31 pressures over the last two years, which is good. And and that's what shows up on tape as his best attribute, like you said. I mean, getting after the quarterback, that's what he does well. Um, and I can see that because middle pressure is probably the most important these days because you have quarterbacks that really don't hold on to the ball very long uh, now because of the rules and, and getting the ball out quickly is their uh, main objective. So – you know, yeah, I can see it as much as it pains me because <laughs> I feel like there's going to be better players that we can take. Like a like Ed Oliver, I think, is an elite generational talent that could come in. I don't care about the short arms and the size and all that. I think he can – I think he's a, a great player. Right. Um, so that, that, that was the next thing. So, mm-hmm. like, we're talking about Devin White. So everyone, it seems like every Bucks fan wants 
Devin White. So right. the two questions I was going to say were, okay, so well, I wouldn't say all Bucks fans. Well, there just are, about. Yeah, just about. It, it feels it's, that it's way. It's a herd of people yeah. saying this. So I'm yeah. trying to satisfy both sides. <laughs> so we're going to do that in this podcast. I want to say, if we get Devin White, who would you want later in the draft to suffice that pick? Because I mean, to me, to both of us. Middle linebacker at number five is a little bit of ridiculous. Like it, he just—that's yeah. a really high pick to put a middle linebacker. I just don't value that position that high. That's like—I mean, you're pretty much saying he's Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. No. And people are thinking, yeah, he's the next Ray Lewis. <laughs> he's Patrick Willis. No. I I I don't see it just now. I don't see it. Yeah. And I don't see it. But like, to you. Mm. If we did, yeah, I know. To you, immediately, you'd be like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> but who else later in the draft would you say would compliment him if he was a pick? Because I know there's a list of guys I'd like. Yeah, there's. Well, I think, I think if you if Devin White is at five, then I think you know second round, you really got to be looking at. Because I think offensive line, I think offensive line is going to go, probably overdrafted I would say in the first round I think there's going to be some guys that are going to get picked up I think your tackle class is probably going to get um you know run on and then maybe the guards as well at least the top guards you know like a Lindstrom uh Bradbury like those are two of the gonna be gone you mean yeah 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 yeah. so they'll likely be gone um so that probably takes offensive line out even though I do like some of the day two guys like a, a, a Kajus or um even though he just got injured, though, unfortunately, <laughs> I think. And then you have uh, Risner, who I, we love. Um, yeah. You know, I think those guys have to be in consideration if they're there. Obviously, if Lindstrom somehow makes it there, I think he's got to be there in consideration. But I'm looking at the defensive talent, and I think that's where they'll probably lean. I think defensive line would definitely be the way to go if, if you're not taking it in round one, uh, like a Dexter Lawrence, a Jerry Tillery. Um, trying to think out Jakai Polite, um, maybe even a Zach Allen. If it might be a little reach there, but he would be, I think, a good a good fit. Um, Chase Winovich out of Mich- Michigan. Uh, then you look at the corners. I mean, corners I think would be really good too. Uh, DeAndre Baker. Um, maybe you go after the guy from Penn State. I can't pronounce his name, yeah. but uh, it's a bunch of letters thrown together. Yeah, I mean, you got Julian Love out of Notre Dame. Um, there's, there's a lot of options. And to what you're saying, though, I agree with all those guys mm-hmm. because we talk about it so much. But right. the reasoning behind him, Devin White, yeah, is a rush linebacker. That's what he will be if we're drafting him. Right. Again, that's why we don't really see him being number five. But if he is, you got to protect him and let him be used how he wants to be used, how we want to use him in this defense. So put a big man like Dexter Lawrence, another yeah. massive body. Makes six a five, lot of sense. 340 to Take up space, yeah. So there's more alleys and gaps for Devin probably... White to attack. If he, if Dexter Lawrence is there, based mm-hmm. on his suspension, not playing in the in the uh, what's it called the championship, championship game. game, right? I think, well, he got in trouble too once, I believe. Yeah. Before that, yeah. And I think he was hurt as well. He has some. Injuries. I'm hoping that he falls. And imagine Vita Vea and him next to each other. Right. You They're probably... two very comparable players. Right. That'd be disgusting. Yeah, you probably put Lawrence at the nose, and I would probably put Vita Vea on the on the edge just because he's got a little bit more – I think he's got a little bit more flexibility as far as his speed and then his length and arms. I think yeah. that would be really good. And imagine that 
that lineup of only two defensive linemen, and it's right. Dexter Lawrence and Vita Vea. That yeah. that would be a nasty combo. Yeah, you wouldn't have to be you wouldn't have to be worried about the run at uh, all, and you could really just get after the quarterback and really pressure. Then on the other side, you probably have a Will Golston or, or some type of bigger yeah. dude. Um, that and you, again, this is when McCoy gets expendable, right? And he probably gets traded, but yeah, that's a whole other podcast again. <laughs> but yeah, guys like Dexter Lawrence, like uh, Zach Allen, yeah, you just said. Another three, four defensive end type. He's very tall. I think he was six, 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 seven, mm-hmm. two eighty. Perfect type, like yeah. a big, big boy. I also takes like up space. Yeah, from, I like Anthony Nelson too out of Iowa. I yeah, think no, he's six, seven, but I think he's he's more day three. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit later, but he's another good option. Um, again, there's some good options defensive line. I mean, you want big guys, you got versatile speed guys so yeah there's a lot of options there and jakai polite i think would be perfect <sighs> if he's if he's third round he'd be so based good. on him looking fat and i, I think that'd be a beautiful yeah. like you posted it of someone put the devin white dexter lawrence jakai polite yeah. and i think it was running back i think the running back was uh montgomery that would be yeah. a home run to me mm-hmm. like that that fills so many holes and gaps. Like, yeah, if you, the, the crowd that wanted Devin White would get him. Mm-hmm. And then, to me, I'd be more ecstatic about Dexter Lawrence because he he resembles Vita Vea. Vita Vea was a little bit more athletic, to my opinion. Right. But, I mean, yeah, whew, mm-hmm. that'd be nasty. And then Ja'Kai Polite, we get the edge rusher we wanted. He falls because of crappy timing. Yeah. Again, if you look at him in tape, guys, look at Ja'Kai Polite oh, in tape. He's a top five. Yeah, he's disgusting. Yeah, the the moves he he does, mm-hmm. the elite burst off the edge. He has a spin. He has a long arm. He can dip under. Mm-hmm. He does everything you want. It's just he timed bad and he looked fat, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's twenty years old. Yeah, and I'm hoping he falls that far because of that. Right, and they ask him questions and he answered wrong. If you get him with, with one main goal, that's all he needs to do. Yeah, let him go. Yeah, I mean, polite is right mm-hmm. up there as far as pass rushers. I mean. Him and uh, Brian Burns are very similar. I like, I really like Brian Burns. I, I think he's got, he's got a good game plan as far as rushing the quarterback. Uh, you know, again, him and Plight are very similar. Still have to work on that run game uh, defense, but man, they know how to get after the quarterback. They know how to fly around the edge, really bend it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if it if it goes that way, but I'm trying to think of other options. Uh, yeah, in second round. and third round. I mean, yeah. This is just to the, the point of people that wanted Devin White there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would look Dexter Lawrence, Jerry Tillery, like you were saying, another beast. We talked about him last podcast, another Notre Dame defensive mm-hmm. tackle that can play on the outside in a defensive end in the 3-4, which right. we got to be looking at now, guys. I mean, yeah. this is what we are. So it's a different mold of player. I mean, McCoy right now is a defensive end in this lineup. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool to look at. It's a different type of look, but either way, it's players can get downfield quick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you go back to, I mean, there's gonna be options. I love the safety class too, and I know they're looking at safeties. Uh, I think you know that's kind of that's gonna be up there. You look at like a Taylor Rapp, uh, uh, Charles, uh, not Charles Chauncey Chauncey, Chauncey Gardner uh, Who's Johnson in for a visit. What Friday? Yeah, so he, he visited, um, you know, guys like that. Uh, Darnell Savage, who I absolutely love. I think he's probably going to be a first-round pick, though. Uh, really good guys that can be versatile. They can come up into the slot, cover guys. Uh, Juan Thornhill, another guy that can play corner. He's got that size. 
or say you know he can play safety too. Nazar Adderley. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of pieces in that safety group that I think actually outshines the corner group a little bit just because of their versatility and what they can add. Uh, but defensive line, I think would be a home run in the second round, third round. Uh, you got Kalen Saunders. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good good pieces yeah. uh, up front. Um, again, once you get past a certain amount, once you get past certain like 10, 15, it kind of dries up a little bit, and you're getting into lesser talent, more developmental uh, players. But uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be rich in that second round defensively. Yeah, because like like you said, like after Garrett Bradbury and mm-hmm. Lindstrom are gone, it's it's a it starts slowly. The the offensive line group to me mm-hmm. drops off a lot. Yeah, you got the outside guys that yeah. could probably play, play inside, but it the, yeah the strength is in the D line. Mm-hmm. So I would attack that. But with that question, now let's do the opposite side. Okay. So if we don't take Devin White, who I know we've talked about this. What other names are you looking at at number five? Or at five? Yeah, let's do it at number five, and then okay. if we trade that back after. Okay. Number five, who? Well, I think you know you look at the options and the guys who are obviously going to be there at five. You know, I got to start. You got to start are you banging the table for Tell I, me. Ed Oliver. I mean, you got to start there because this guy. I mean, you talk about watching on tape. I mean, he destroys games. He he destroys them by himself. Uh, he didn't have any help. He was triple teamed, double teamed constantly. He was the one guy that they focused on all the time. And the guy still ended up with five to eight tackles a game and, and really made an impact. Uh, not only that, but he's a great teammate. He's a leader. Um, yeah, he had the little uh, snafu with his coach about the jacket and all that. But you know what? I mean, he, he puts it all out there. And he's effort, high effort, high motor, uh, just – elite talent in my opinion i think he's one of the top five guys in this draft and obviously he should be a buccaneer i think i mean Mm -hmm. if he gets past us i mean you you fear that he's going to go to one of our division rivals and that would just suck to face him every week or twice 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 a year he fits the falcons perfectly yeah a smaller defensive tackle yeah he's grady jarrett but faster and better Mm -hmm. i mean he he had a 419 20 yard shuttle you put that in perspective. That is one second slower than Antonio Brown. Not one second. One hundredth of a second. One hundredth of a second. Yeah. So that's as fast as starting cornerbacks in the league. <laughs> cornerbacks. That's quick. No, he is nasty. Yeah. He. he <laughs> I like him very, very much as a player. I. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to compare him to Aaron Donald, and a lot of people are saying that this may be the new direction of the league, like mm-hmm. smaller more stout guys that can really control you with a bull rush because it, they're trying to push you down, but your ass and legs are so strong, they're put, you, he's pushing you back. Right. Leverage wins. A low man wins. Yeah. But to me, I we've had this talk. I'm being more I'm, – I'm just trying to listen to what the coaches are saying, and it's like mm-hmm. we're doing 3-4. They want the defensive line to be run stoppers. Yeah, Ed Oliver is really good at stopping the run, mm-hmm. but at 6-2 – 280, mm-hmm. almost 290. I don't know if he's really the epitome of what they want mm-hmm. as one of these defensive ends. Do I like him a lot as a player? Yes. Can he get after the quarterback and quick and hit a gap? Yes. I really like him as a player. Mm-hmm. But does he fit our scheme? I don't know. I yeah. Again, that's why I, I said the same thing with McCoy. Yeah. Saying the same thing right now with Ed Oliver. Like, 
if they take him, I'd be ecstatic. I'd hope they use him correctly. Right. That's right, it. Right. Well, my thing is like, you know, I'm of the mindset, get the best football player you can possibly get and just let him play to what he does best. Like, you know, if the coaches really mean like they're going to put these guys in positions to succeed, like Mike Smith said that. I know. I know. And that's the <laughs> thing. Like, are they really going to do that? Are they really going to adjust scheme? Like if, if they have a better, if their talent before the season starts is better suited for a four, three, are they going to run a four, three and, and really do that? I don't know because it seems like we're heading full tilt to a three, four, which I understand. Yeah. You know, that's what he likes to do. That's, you know, that's their game plan. Um, but let's, I'll mention other names. I mean, if we're not looking at Oliver, um, and obviously this is with the assumption that Quinn and Williams, uh, Josh Allen, and Nick, Nick, Bosa, Nick are Bosa are likely gone, which is probably going to be the case. Now, again, you, you have dumb teams in front of us, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the Oakland Raiders. You have the Arizona Cardinals, who will probably uh, take a quarterback. And you have the Raiders, who... Who who knows what they're going to do? I mean, they could take a quarterback, they could take a receiver, they could uh, take a lineman. They could take yeah, they could Offensive take lineman, I mean. they could take a linebacker at four, which is just retarded. But <laughs> they you know they they could do a lot of things. So uh, there could be trades. The Jets could trade down. Um, but I'll give you other names like Rashawn Gary. I would take Rashawn Gary over Devin White. Uh, let's just be honest. Let's put that out there. Uh, Brian Burns. I would take at five. I have no problems with that. Um, because you know what? He's a pass rusher. He's a guy that can get after the quarterback and play linebacker and do multiple things, and that's what you have to value. Um, you know, at, let's see, I'm trying to think who else. Well, I would with take... that, like, I, I'm, I'm going to look more into Rashawn Gary. I mm-hmm. like his game. I liked him when mm-hmm. he came out as a high schooler. He was a top recruit. Right. He timed amazing. These guys that want to look at the scouting combine, he timed amazing. Yeah. He's disruptive. Every time you look at him, he, he can literally throw a man, a left tackle or right tackle, off off his feet, right? Like he's elite in what he can do. He just didn't have the production everyone wants to find. But, again, it, it matters what he's doing with the man in front of him. Yeah, a, a defensive lineman, he's going to be a 3-4 defensive end. He's like 6'4", 280. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of – and very lanky. Yeah. That's, that's typically what you want as a 3-4 defensive end. Yes. He fits the, the mold – he can get after the quarterback. He can run pursuit plays from behind. He mm. played. Those are things y'all like. Yeah. I got to look more into it, but he is a player that I like and would push for. And I, I don't, I don't want to say I would take over Devin White, mm-hmm. but Brian Burns, I don't know about that one. He, he, to me, is more like a poor man Chandler Jones. Okay. Even though Chandler Jones is a beast. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd take him at five. I, right. I would trade down and take him. Yeah, he's got yeah. the lankiness, but yeah, that against the run is, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's almost like justifying Landry Jones in the top five. Yeah, is it not Landry Jones? Uh, damn it! What's his <laughs> name? The, the guy that Tennessee took from Boston College. Oh, I know you're Landry talking about uh, Harold Landry. Harold Landry. Yeah, the hell am I saying? <laughs> but I mean, it's it's the same thing. Like they they can get after the quarterback. Yeah, but mm-hmm. there's all other holes in the game. I, there shouldn't be that many holes in a top five pick. Yeah. Well, if, if we're looking at it that way, then, uh, you know, my two favorite prospects in this draft, Ed Oliver and Jonah Williams, those would be... Signed, sealed. Yeah, those would be easy selections. Uh, Jonah is probably, he's the top offensive lineman by a mile, in my opinion. I think he's just hes just damn solid. Um, Jawan Taylor, I know everyone really likes him, but 
he still has some things that on tape I just don't like. There's some inconsistencies, and you just don't see that with Jonah Williams. I mean, he is perfect on his tape. He's very close to a Quinn Nelson type. Uh, I just think he would be rock solid in anything that he does. If he plays guard, tackle, whatever, center, uh, he could do it all. Um, I'm trying to think. But once you get after those two guys, I think the obvious candidates, it gets more into trading down, and then your list kind of grows. Uh, because really in this draft, there's only really like 15 to maybe 20 guys that are rate first rounders. Um, and then you look at elite prospects in the top five. I think there's only those three that we mentioned, you know, everyone else is kind of bumbled up maybe four. Cause I had Oliver in there. So, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Devin white is elite prospect prospect. Yes. Prospect. Yeah. Football player. Not even close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, yeah. But that's why we get to talk and right. argue. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so if we trade down, that, to me, that I would take Devin White if we trade down. And I, I don't know if it's just a hype train, everyone saying Devin White's going to be top five pick. Right. What if we trade down? If we trade down and get him, I'd be the happiest damn man in the world. I'd be perfect Every with Bucks that. Every Bucs fan would yeah, be the happiest be, man in the I'd world. I'd be perfect with that. And if we trade down and he gets taken, I guarantee people are going to be like, oh, we – we missed out again, just like we missed out on Doran James. We shouldn't have traded down. No. You just take Devin Bush. You know, it's it's one or the other. So, I, But you have so many options if you trade yeah. down. Like, there's more to there's more to gain. Um, obviously, if we could make a trade down, it's going to be hard because I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams willing to trade up uh, unless you get, you know, just some team that just wants a quarterback that damn bad. Or, you know, like they're always – I mean, there's always teams that want quarterbacks, but – uh, you pray that someone's thinking the Giants have been faking that they will take Haskins and someone wants to trade over the Giants to get him. Right, absolutely. That's what you pray would happen. Yeah. And I would smile so damn happy. Yeah. But you never know. Draft night is such a fun damn night because of that. Yeah. People are freaking out, stressing out, and they're going to do something just to make a big splash, mm-hmm. right? And maybe maybe someone does take Devin White before us because they yeah. want to make a splash. Or Please do. DK Metcalf, Metcalf because, oh, holy crap, look mm. how crazy he was. Mm. And I can honestly see crap like that happening. Yeah, my dream is Metcalf at two and then Devin White at, at four. four. That would be <laughs> – I'd be on cloud nine for that. Like that – I don't know. I think we're going to the stadium for the draft, so I would be like – I'd be the loudest cheerleader there. I um, would laugh so hard. I'd be supporting that so much. Uh, yeah, but yeah, if we trade down, I think your options open up quite a bit and you can get a lot more, uh, value, obviously, if you, if you really want a linebacker or you, if you want a Brian Burns or if you want even a Greedy Williams, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of options. Or if you want a Jerry Tillery or maybe a Christian Wilkins is more of your fit or, you know, one of those guys. There's just so many more names that mm-hmm. to me at that draft position right. would make so much more sense. Or even looking at a Cody, uh, Cody Ford, you know, yeah. to play right guard, you know, that could be a possible fit. Yeah. And then, cause the thing is you're, you're going to get more picks with it. Right. So if you wanted to trade back in the first to yeah. get another guy that you really highly like, right. You can, it's just to me, if those first three, Josh Allen, Quinn Williams and, uh, Nick Bosa are all mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. And I would add Oliver and, and Jonah in, into that mix, but Again, like Mark said, I don't think we're considering Jonah or Ed, unfortunately. But, you know, I just – I agree with that on what, what he said there. 
Yeah, and to that point, yeah, that's the reasoning. Like, it, mm. I just honestly don't think we're looking at them. Right. I know. I honestly think they're two of the best players in the draft. But fitting our scheme, I think that's what they're looking for. Our scheme fits, mm. and playing to fast, aggressive in this defense, and that's why I'm starting to see where everyone wants Devin White, and I'm starting to join the bandwagon. But <laughs> it hurts to do it. But I just I can see the fit. That's that's why I'm joining it. It's not because I like him as a player he is right now, because to me he's not Ray Lewis. I'm sorry. Like no. I know someone said, oh he's this generation's. No, to me he's not. I don't have him graded as a as a round one talent. I have him round. I, I see him as yeah round one, but based... late. I have him late. I have him like late round one, early two. And this is one other thing to Devin White's going to be the talk every damn podcast. Yeah, pretty much. But like <laughs> to the credit, the last top five. Linebacker, we were talking about it before the podcast, was Aaron Curry. Mm-hmm. He's out of the league right now. He was very similar. He's a very big guy, timed very damn well, and he's out of the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ray Lewis and Patrick Willis weren't even top 10 picks. Patrick Willis was number 11. Who? Keekly was the highest linebacker, but he showed it. Like, I remember watching Keekly and saying, Jesus Christ, this guy. He's all over the damn place. He mm-hmm. reads, he reacts, he flies, he mm-hmm. he's aggressive. He manhandles anyone that's in front of him. He can block shed. He can run you over. He was perfect yeah. as an as a prospect to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing the same things with Devin White. Yeah, I can see flashes, but to me, top number five overall, guys. <laughs> y'all aren't, aren't understanding the, the yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Levante David, same thing. Great linebacker in college, but he was second round pick. Yeah, you know? again, he, he, he checked all the boxes. He was just smaller. Yeah, that was it. Small size, so probably dropped him around. But I mean, Keekley was—I mean, he had put up outstanding numbers in college, and he was just—he uh, had it all. And um, yeah, it, it was a no doubt pick. Um, probably should be a buck, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just don't. I, we, we took Mike Evans at that draft, right? No. Or was that, that Barron? That was Mark Barron. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I think that was, oh, no, it was. Ouch. It was uh, Dominic's, yeah, Dominic's second year, I think. Or, he ain't got or a job third now. year. No. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking Devin White till the draft day <laughs> and probably on draft day, which is going to make. A 100% fun. draft day. Yeah, so. We should try and do a podcast dra- draft day in the in the middle of the madness. <laughs> Bring like a mobile thing. Well, something. I think we're gonna be, I think we're gonna be meeting up with Brent Allen of the Pewtercast, so we'll probably have something going on there. Probably talking real nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll have instant reaction, and it'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, with me, I don't think there's any other questions because we've covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, we are recording, what time is it? <laughs> 11 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock, so we are, we're doing a late night, Saturday night podcast. <laughs> I, I didn't intend for that to rhyme. But anyway, uh, I think that's going to close it. And uh, as always, be sure to follow us at Real Bucks Talk on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can always find us there. Uh, be sure to check out this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean, uh, we're, I'm going to try and see if I can start sharing the links for Google Play and Podbean because I know fans ask about, is it only on iTunes? No, we have it on multiple platforms, uh, but be sure to check us out there. Give us uh, comments, ratings, and reviews, and everyone have a great weekend, and uh, go Bucks as always. <laughs>